What's doing, everybody? Today is Tuesday, November 21st. Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene joins me on the podcast today, as well as Superman himself, actor Dean Kane is going to be on the program. And the free speech Rumble servers came under attack yesterday. I'm Alec Lace. This is The Alec Lace Show. The American family is under attack. Parents are the underdog of this nation. Your children are being indoctrinated. That's right. Your children. They do not belong to the state. They do not belong to the school system. They belong to you, the parents, as a blessing from God our Father. So let's preserve, protect, and fight for the American family together. You're listening to The Alec Lay Show. The future is family. Welcome, everybody, to the Alec Lay Show. I'm happy and honored, as always, to be here with you guys. Thank you for watching the broadcast. If you're listening or watching live here on Rumble, please get down there and share it with everybody that's in your contact list. We need to support Rumble right now more than ever. I'm going to talk about why in just a second. You guys who watch Rumble know already. Uh, but I got a very big program for you guys today. I'm only doing one this week, as Thursday is Thanksgiving. So you're only going to get this one, and it's a good one, because today I've got Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene joining me on the podcast, as well as my friend Dean Kane, the actor known for playing Superman and Lois and Clark and so many others. He's going to be here uh, to kind of send us into the holiday weekend. And listen, yesterday was a big deal. Yesterday, Rumble came under a DDoS attack, and this is no coincidence that this happened yesterday. And I know you guys that watch Rumble, all the servers went down. You couldn't get on Rumble. This comes, first let's set this up, and I'll put this tweet on the board. Well, to set it up all the way, Elon Musk is going to be suing Media Matters, the left-wing lunatic organization that has now, uh, it looks like they have committed a major, major amount of fraud on X, or formerly known as Twitter. And so Elon, uh, they they have gamed the system on Elon, and Elon's calling them out on it. And so Chris Pavlovsky, the CEO of Rumble, put this up on Twitter yesterday to back Elon Musk up. When I said the cavalry is coming, I was not joking. In the coming days, we are going thermonuclear as well. Everyone is about to witness the greatest pushback against the censorship game. The people's support for all organizations in this mission is critical. And so right after this happens, within 24 hours of Chris posting this, saying that Rumble was in, all of a sudden, yesterday, the Rumble servers go down. Rumble put this up yesterday. Update, we are currently experiencing a major DDoS attack. Our engineers are investigating, and we will report back here with updates. So you couldn't get access to the Rumble servers yesterday because they flooded them. And so finally, which quicker than I thought was going to happen, I was worried that we weren't even going to be up and running today here on Rumble, and I'm sure this isn't going to be the last attack. They got the servers. Here was the update. Update two, servers are restored. The world doesn't like freedom of expression, but we will hold the line for as long as we need to. Here is a map highlighting where a good portion of the attacks are coming from. And as you can see, they're scattered across uh, China. It looks like North Korea. looks like right in the middle there uh, of probably somewhere, you know, Joe Biden's uh, birthday was yesterday. Could have been a little birthday present from his pal Xi Jinping or the CCP, who happens to just have been here in San Francisco talking to all the other CEOs. Wow, what a coincidence. The CEO of Apple, right, all these other big media uh, CEOs that were at this thing with Xi Jinping and the CCP. Then all of a sudden, uh, 
Elon Musk uncovers this fraud going on with Media Matters, and now Rumble, who says they're going to have his back, they come under attack as well. So it's important, more important now than ever. We cannot lose, and thank God for Elon Musk, and thank God for Chris Pavlovsky here as well, because if we lose X, we're finished. If we lose Rumble, we're gone. There's nowhere else for us to go right now. Those are the only two holding the line for me to even come on here and say the things I need to say. So please support Rumble. So if not my show, another show that you enjoy here on Rumble. Share it. Save it. Do whatever you can to help promote it because we need to get more people onto the Rumble platform as possible here. Got to fight back against this attack against free speech. All right. And so thank you for you for those of you who have tuned in and continue to tune into this show. Uh, I greatly appreciate your support. And I know, listen, we're, we're, we're gearing up for a, a family weekend here. Thanksgiving is a big tradition in the United States, even though the left wing has tried to destroy it, uh, make it about, oh, all these, uh, uh, you, you know, pretty soon they're going to try to rename Thanksgiving to some kind of Indigenous Persons Day as well. But enjoy your Thanksgiving with your family. And so I've got a great program. We're going to start off first here with Marjorie Taylor Greene, the Congresswoman. And boy, nobody comes under attack like she does. Now, she's out with a brand new book. It's called MTG. Put the picture of it right here. Uh, the link to the book is down there in the description of today's podcast episode. It's her first ever book. And so I'm glad that I got around here to talk about it. I'm going to I'm going to give you the description, as mentioned here on Wikipedia. Right. Marjorie Taylor Greene, known by her initials, MTG, is an American far right politician, businesswoman and conspiracy theorist who has been a United States representative for Georgia's 14th congressional district since 2021. Right. That's how Wikipedia describes Marjorie Taylor Greene. I think that's kind of comical, Uh, but she does ruffle their feathers because she doesn't really like to play their game. And that's what I love about her. And I'm honored that I'm going to get her on the podcast. Now, I am interested to ask her. And if you have questions for Marjorie Taylor Greene, put them down in the chat. Uh, I am curious to get her response. If you guys watched the podcast last week, I had Congressman Troy Nels. Now, I was very upset, if you watched the show last week, the fact that we pushed through this uh, continuing resolution, for one. But number two, uh, I I was very upset that we couldn't uh, impeach Mayorkas, right? The the border is destroyed. So when I asked him about it, I was kind of a little taken back by his answer, to say the least. So I want to play the clip for you. I'm going to comment on it. I'm going to bring Marjorie Taylor Greene in, and we're going to get her reaction. So take a listen. This is from my conversation with Congressman Troy Nels on Thursday's episode of The Alec Lay Show. Take a look was trying to impeach uh, Alejandro Mayorkas, because if you can't impeach this guy, how are we going to impeach Joe Biden? This guy's destroyed our southern border. People are flying through there. you got terrorists coming through, uh, child uh, uh, sex traffickers coming through with kids, and, and we couldn't even get this guy impeached. Like This, this is what's driving everybody crazy. Alec, let me, sh- let me share with you a little bit of the reality up here. Sometimes, unfortunately, it's the messenger. It's the messenger. I believe that I guess there were eight that voted against impeachment of Mayorkas. There were about eight. I know one of them very, very well. And their attitude was this. Listen, I support the impeachment, but it should go through the committee of jurisdiction. Now, whether that's Homeland Security or judiciary, I'd probably say it's more Homeland Security. And I know Mark Green, the chair of it, he believes he should be impeached. It should go through that process. Now, You could sit here and say, well, why didn't it happen? I think sometimes we have members up here and I have the data, whether you like it or not, whether you agree or not. But we had a thing for Risha Tlaib. The member said we got to do the censor Tlaib. It didn't pass. 
it didn't pass. But then there was another member that did it, what, a few days later, and it passed. So sometimes I believe some of it is based on, listen, if people don't like you up here and you're nothing but an agitator in many, many ways, I don't care what type of a resolution you have or what type of a plan you have or bill, people just aren't going to listen. And I think that, that is the reality, Alec. That is the reality. If you would have taken it and given it to a member, uh, some other member, it would probably passed. Okay, so not saying that he's particularly the guy that had the problem with the messenger. He's alluding to other people having a problem with the messenger, right? Now, in my opinion, how do you say we're not going to impeach Mayorkas because the person who brought the articles of impeachment we don't like? If that's the case, we've got a major, major problem. This should never, ever happen in a million years. So I wanted to play the clip because I am going to ask the congresswoman about it when I bring her on here, uh, amongst the many other things that I want to get to. So hit me in the chat down below. Uh, Let's bring the congresswoman on. Again, her new book is out today. Today is the launch day, her first ever book. It's called MTG. Link is down there in the show notes. And let's bring her on. Joining me now, Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene. Welcome to the Alec Lay Show. Thank you so much for having me on today. Well, it's an honor to have you here. I know our time is short, so put your track shoes on. We'll move through this as quickly as possible. (laughs) Today, you got your first book, MTG, out. What are we going to learn about you when we pick up a copy? Well, I'm excited for everyone to read it. They can order at mtgbook.com. And my book tells the truth behind the headlines that everyone has read about me. You know, when I entered Congress in January of 2021, the media created a character of me that doesn't exist, and they sold it 24-7 across the country and the entire world. Well, I'm excited to tell those stories behind the headlines. Um, Also, peel back the curtains so people can understand how Congress really works. Um, You know, I'm known for attacking Democrats, but I also attack Republicans because I believe the Republican Party needs to step up to the plate and actually do what they say and claim they do on the campaign trail. Um, So I hold Republicans accountable as well. Yeah, I'm glad you do. We're going to get into that in just a second. The link to the book is down there in the description below. I encourage everybody. It's out today. Tap the link. Get yourself a copy. Makes a great Christmas gift as well. And I know just over the weekend, you posted a picture of your son, uh, Derek, hunting a deer. People went bananas on the left because of this. Now, I wish he would come here. I'm in the communist state of New Jersey. We got deer everywhere. I wish he would come here and blast a few of them for us because they're nonstop. But this is the type of stuff you face now. You're somebody that left the the business world, left the private sector, and now you're right in the middle of the swamp. You're you're in the thick of it over there. Do you go into all that in the book? And what has it been like you to transition from the private life, private sector into Washington? And what has been that effect on you as a mom as well? Yeah, I do. And thank you for bringing that up about my son. He is such a good kid. Uh, went hunting and I just did the mom thing and said, I'm proud of Derek. Uh, Yeah, it's ridiculous. They attack us and they attack my family and it's not right. It's not right for my kids. You know, there's a man serving time in in prison close to you in New York for pleading guilty to planning to murder me. And just recently here in Atlanta, the FBI arrested another man that said he was going to shoot me in the head with his sniper rifle. Uh, My life has drastically changed. And it's changed because I have fought the fights. I, I Not only am I uh, fighting against the Democrats, but I, I've introduced articles of impeachment against Joe Biden, um, Merrick Garland, Christopher Wray, Matthew Graves, who is persecuting January 6th defendants, and also Secretary Mayorkas. And I've also gone after the radical trans agenda that is going after kids where they're having mastectomies and 
and castration. And I, I have a sign outside my office that says there's only two genders, male and female. Well, when you go into Washington, you go in swinging that hard. Um, they come after you and they come after you in very nasty ways. My life has changed a lot, but I'm excited about my book coming out because I get to tell people who I really am, why I'm unapologetically American. They like to label me as far right and all these terrible things, but I'm American and I believe our country is worth fighting for. Yeah, it's funny how all of a sudden, if you think women don't have testicles, all of a sudden you're very far right now, you know, so it's like that. <laughs> some of these things have become insane. But again, MTG available today. Link is down there below. Speaking about impeachments, I, I just had last week uh, your colleague, Congressman uh, Troy Nels on the show. I was uh, talking because I'm frustrated about this. And it's like we can't impeach my orcas. So I, what, what's going on here? His, his statement was sometimes it's the messenger. And then alluding also to saying that, you know, we first brought uh, censorship articles against Tlaib. When you brought it, it didn't pass. Somebody else brought it. It passed. He says, well, it's sometimes it's the messenger. And my thought process on that is. You would go with not impeaching this guy because of the messenger? What in the world is that? So what's your response to that? You know, that's everything wrong with Washington. And I like Troy Nels. He's actually someone I I really enjoy working with. And I'm very saddened to hear him say that because if revenge voting is something that Troy Nels supports uh, and, and that unfortunately does happen in our conference, then whoever's doing that and whoever supports revenge voting or voting against the messenger doesn't belong in Congress at all. As a matter of fact, they should resign and let someone else come in that's interested in the job and voting on the issues, not against the person. There was only eight Republicans that voted with Democrats to stop my articles of impeachment. I don't think that's a messenger problem. I think that's the problem with those eight Republicans. So I push back hard on, on his comments there. And I'm glad that you are as well. Uh, we have we have a wide open border and anybody that cares about the border, anyone cares about the dead Americans that are piling up by 300 a day. Um, they they would care about impeaching Mayorkas and never care about whose name is on that resolution. And Marjorie, here's the thing, you know, as a citizen, as a constituent, as, as a conservative. Here's the thing. We feel like it's like it's time to start having some action. We always hear a lot of talk, a lot of talk, and there's never any action. It's like you when you first came into Congress, they took action immediately against you to get you off the committees. When Trump, when he won the nomination, they took action to impeach him immediately. We want to see this. Now's the time. Action immediately. Action pronto. We're tired of sitting here waiting. And and we're trying to it's always like we have to give a little bit. We got to play a little bit. And the Democrats don't play that way. These are vicious people. And it's like we just quickly forgot that during the pandemic, they wanted you dead if you didn't get vaccinated they were praying that you died and these are the people now we're saying oh we got to give them a little bit we got to play with them and they don't play that way and i'm sick and tired of seeing it it's like let's start moving forward a little bit here exactly i I share your sentiment completely um and you're you're laying it out just that's exactly how people feel people don't care about personalities they don't care about names they want action done and the republican party is failing on that front It, it is outrageous i mean seriously think about this Coming up, we have thrown out our speaker, Kevin McCarthy. They're talking about expelling George Santos, but yet we can't impeach Secretary Mayorkas or impeach anyone or hold any Democrat accountable. January 6th defendants are riding in jail and being arrested more and more every single day, but we haven't even had one single prosecution against any name on Jeffrey Epstein's client list. I mean, what kind of government do we have? And and so Republicans need to get serious about actually doing their job And that's holding people accountable. Democrats holding Democrats accountable. A hundred percent. And then you you mentioned, too, 
uh, the January 6th. Now, you know, unfortunately here, for whatever reason, maybe you know it. I don't know why Speaker McCarthy, you know, he, he, he got in. He was the speaker. He was being held to accountability. He never released these January 6th tapes after that was part of the agreement. Why? And I don't I think people underestimate just how frustrated and, and upset and a big an issue this January 6th thing is, because mm-hmm. what's happened since January 6th is far worse than what happened on January 6th. But why couldn't Speaker McCarthy get these tapes released? Because even looks worse that Johnson strolls in and within weeks he gets them released. So what was the hold up there? And is there actually going to be a real January 6th committee here? I'm glad you brought that up. I called for Speaker Johnson to launch a January 6th committee because re- releasing videotapes for people to watch is just not enough. We need accountability. I wrote a chapter in my book about January 6th, and I hope people will read it because I was in the House chamber when everything happened. And I'm also one of the only Republican members of Congress that actually went in to the D.C. jail. And I went in in November of 2021. Um, and and it, was, it was the most, uh, it's unspeakable. It was really one of the saddest days of my life. And I'm, and I just went in and visited them and saw what they were going through. Um, So just to give you guys some background, Speaker McCarthy worked with Barry Loudermilk, who he named on the House Admin Committee, starting back in January of this year. And the portal that everyone is able to watch the 90 hours, and remember, that's only 90 hours of 44,000 hours. That portal was built under uh, Kevin McCarthy at his direction with Barry Loudermilk. So he does deserve credit for building that portal and, and filling, uh, having them put the videos on there. But I am glad that Speaker Mike Johnson went ahead and released them. But I want to let you know the timing of he, him doing that was right after he passed a clean CR, continuing to fund Joe Biden's budget that funds the Green New Deal, the wide open border and the woke agenda in the military and, and many more things. So Sometimes you got to look at timing and, and say, well, maybe it was helping with him an issue that he was having as a new speaker. It's still early yet. I like Mike Johnson. He's a good guy, really nice guy. But I hope that he actually fights the fight and, and isn't just the same speaker uh, carrying on the same job. Yeah, you're not the only one. We're all praying that, Marjorie. And it just seems like right now it's like this is Trump's party, whether they like it or not, whether people like yeah. it or not. This is the party of Donald Trump. And if you're not tuned into that, you're you're lost. You're in a delusion here. This is him. Maybe it changes in four years. Maybe it changes in eight years. But right now, this is Donald Trump's party. Get on board or get out of the way because we got to move forward here and we got to get some real results here in Washington. And it's only going to happen if we get Trump back in office. And so right now, that's the focus here that I think we all need to be on board and all need to support. Now, we just saw this guy Javier Mille get not get get the yeah. presidency in Argentina right now. They, they call him, of course, far right and all this other stuff. But uh, here's a quote from him. You can't give leftists an inch. If you give them an inch, they will use it to destroy you. We don't just give the leftists an inch. We give them a yard. We give them a first down. We give them the whole football field. And, and he's right. If we give them an inch, they are going to destroy us. Yet we continue to do it. That's right. And it's Republicans that give them an inch, give them a mile and let them keep destroying the country. See, that's why I ran for Congress. And and I can't wait for uh, people to read my book to understand more about me as who I am uh, is because I'm tired of Republicans allowing this to happen. And it was so exciting to see that big win in Argentina. I absolutely love that guy. And you're right. It is Trump's party. And I love hearing you say that. And that's that's the message that Washington, D.C. is terrified of. That's the message they hate to hear, but it is reality because Trump is winning uh, massive numbers in the primary and huge numbers in the general election. But we got to watch our we got to watch our uh, 
our elections. I don't trust them. And that's why I encourage everyone vote, 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 but also volunteer and watch very closely. Uh, if we don't have safe elections, we don't have a country. Yeah, not only do we have to go against the Democrats, we got to go against the corruption as well. We know it happened in the yeah. last election. We cannot have it happen again. And I know in your book now, MTG, do you get into, I would imagine a lot about the uh, the open border. We talk about Mayorkas here now. The border is flooded. Like these, uh, New York City for one, right over here. They are, so even Cardi B is starting to come out and say, hey, we can't handle all this illegal immigration. Yet now they're calling, and you see the Washington Post saying, the, the West has to accept Palestinian refugees now. We don't know where to put all these illegals we have now. And they're telling us to bring in more or refugees. People, I think even Democrats now are looking around and saying something's got to change here, yet they continuously voted. Chicago is one. 50 years, five decades they've been voting Democrat, <laughs> and now they're looking around and saying, what in the world are these people doing to us? So do you get into the open border? What's your take on these Palestinian refugee idea? I do. Absolutely. I dig into the open border. I have a whole chapter on that. I serve on the Homeland Security Committee um, I also serve on the oversight committee, so I have a, a whole chapter on impeachment and why it's important in our investigation into Joe Biden. But as far as the border's concerned, uh, the, none of this should ever be happening. And the ceasefire now group is the most dangerous group uh, that we should be watching, and our FBI should be targeting them. Our Department of Justice should be targeting them. On October 18th, Rashida Tlaib incited what we should call an insurrection because if January 6th was an insurrection, so was October 18th when a huge crowd of the ceasefire nail group came in and occupied my office building, the Cannon House office building. And my staff was real smart. They went around and got pictures and videos of the organizer's cell phones as they were chatting to each other. And one of the phones showed a chat message group called Global Intifada. Intifada means Arab uprising. It means jihad. Intifada is extremely dangerous. And that was the group that was in the House Cannon office building on October 18th. That is who our Department of Justice should be going after. That is who the FBI should be launching night raids and helicopters and tanks in the streets, not veterans like Gregory Yetman that they just went after so harshly. Uh, but they are not. And I questioned Christopher Ray on it, and he knew nothing about it, didn't seem concerned about it. He's got laser focus on January 6th defendants because the DOJ and the FBI is the campaign arm for Joe Biden. Yeah, well, amen. And we, we constantly see this uh, two tier justice system that we're seeing. They've already said Joe Biden's not going to he's not going to likely face anything for misusing, misplacing the documents in the Corvette, the whole bit. Meanwhile, they're persecuting Donald Trump for the exact same offense. We see it even with stuff like this guy Bowman. He pulls the fire alarm and he knows it ain't going to open the door, but he's not treated. So anyway, we can get into this. I know uh, we're going to run up against the clock. Uh, I wanted to get a take on this real quick. Uh, if you could choose, who do you think Donald Trump takes as his VP, as his running mate going forward in 2024? Who do you think he picks? You know, I get asked that all the time, and I always send it back to President Trump. That is his choice, and it's a choice he will be making probably sometime after February or March. And, and you know, so that one is not concerning as much to me as, as draining the swamp when we get them in there and gutting these federal agencies of all of these federal employees that are the unelected bureaucrats that are part of the resistance. Remember the resistance was launched under Barack Obama. Those people are still by the thousands. They work in our government and they're complete communists. And since the Biden administration starting in 2021, many more have been added. 
And so, you know, a VP is an important position. We really hope he selects someone that that is MAGA through and through. We don't want another rhino or establishment Republican. We want a MAGA Republican. But even more importantly, it's it's gutting these people out of the federal agencies that is going to save the country. And I really want to see that happen. Yeah, very well said. Uh, Mar- Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene, this is an honor for me. I love the fact that you're there. You're fighting for us. Keep doing it. I think the more they come after you is more makes it more apparent that you're on to the right thing and you're on the right side. The link to your book, MTG, down in the description below. I hope you and your family have a happy Thanksgiving. Thank you for giving me a few minutes of your time here on The Alec Lee Show. Thank you. Great show. Great topics. Keep going after it. And I really appreciate you. Happy Thanksgiving. All right. Honored to have Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene on the podcast. Check out her new book. Link is down there below. MTG. You know that the left is uh, crazy. They, they, they really cannot stand Marjorie Taylor Greene. And the reason is because she is a fighter. And you know what? And I and I can't say stress it more. This is Trump's party. If you don't like it, you're missing the boat here. We got to rally behind Donald Trump right now. It's the time. So uh, Donald Trump all the way in 2024. I know Marjorie is all on board the Trump train as well. And we got to fight back. We have got to fight back against these Democrats. And I agree with her. If you're going to be revenge voting, you got to get out of there. So I, I don't know who exactly it is that he's alluding to. We have an idea. Uh, but you cannot not impeach somebody because you don't like the person that brought the articles of impeachment up. Like what, that, that type of philosophy is the reason why we are losing in Washington. It's got to go. Just like uh, what's his name said in uh, down in Argentina, afuera. We take it out. We throw it out. We're going to talk about that too. I want to ask Dean about that. Uh, so I'm going to, you know what, Dean Kane has been, I'm going to talk more about this in a second, but Dean Kane has been monumental in really helping me gain a footing, get a platform and so much more. So my friend, Dean Kane, the actor, Superman himself is going to be here with me. I'm going to hit you guys with a quick spot. I'm back on the other side with Dean Kane. You're listening to the Alec Lee show. Looks like you've been sleeping well. Megan, he's back. The my pillow guy. And you're looking good. I'm still feeling good. Well, just when you thought it couldn't get any better, we've got the best pillow ever. My pillow 2.0. Wow, it's so soft and smooth. It's cool to the touch. How did you do that? Well, we took my pillow's patented fill and combined it with this new technology that we didn't have back then when I invented my pillow. To bring you the best pillow in history, my pillow 2.0. Just like all of you, I never imagined that my pillow could get any better. That's why I haven't changed it in nearly 20 years. Then I heard about a revolutionary new technology, and I knew I had to bring it to you all. My pillow 2.0 is truly the next generation of my pillow. Use the promo code FATHERHOOD to save 50% on the all-new MyPillow 2.0. You can also save $90 on the original MyPillow slippers. Get the luxurious Giza Dream sheets for only $29.98. And get up to 40% off on the Mattress Topper 2.0. Visit MyPillow.com. Use the promo code FATHERHOOD. Visit MyPillow.com. You're listening to The Alec Lee Show. The future is... Family. All right, welcome back, guys. Quick backstory on this. Uh, for those of you who are, you know, just know me from this show here on Rumble, uh, First Class Fatherhood is a podcast I started five years ago, and the only way I gained any traction on that show was 47 episodes in, Dean Kane became the first known guest that I had on the podcast. 
and he, he enjoyed the conversation. It was all focused on his fatherhood journey, which was still, it's still one of the, the most downloaded episodes I've ever had. I'm up to 730-something episodes. And Dean Cain enjoyed the experience. He shared it on his socials. And that weekend that I had him on, First Class Fatherhood went to number one on the iTunes charts and Kids and Family and stayed there for several weeks. And while it was number one, I was able to, to lock down so many other guests because they can go and see that the podcast was number one. I got Kurt Warner, Deion Sanders, Rob O'Neill. Uh, I just got guest after guest, and it's never stopped since then. 730 episodes, and I really owe so much of that success uh, to Dean Kane, He's been monumental in everything that I've been able to achieve uh, with First Class Fatherhood and now giving me the opportunity here to do this this platform here on Rumble with the Alec Lay Show. And again, being blessed to have so many great guests join me on here. And so I, there's no way I could not have Dean Kane on here. Now get to talk a little bit of politics. Uh, let me tap into the fatherhood a little bit. But, uh, you know, this is one of the busiest guys that you, you'll see if you follow him on social media. He's constantly on the move. He's flying here, shooting something there, hosting something here. He's nonstop. He's, he's one of the most busiest guys that I see on social media. Uh, he is a, a man of faith. He is a great father. He's a great example, and we definitely need more people like him. So uh, it's always an honor when I get a chance to talk to him. So let me slide him in here. And it's a great way to bring it into to the Thanksgiving break. Again, there's not going to be an episode here on Thursday. This is the only one you're getting, and it's a great way to kind of end it all here with Dean coming on. Again, if you missed my interview just now with Marjorie Taylor Greene. Roll it back. Take a listen. Let me know what you thought about it down there in the chat. If you got something to say to Dean, hit us in the live chat down below. All right. So let's do this. Uh, joining me now, first class father, super dad, Dean Kane. Welcome to the Alec Lay Show. I am happy to be here. It's a long way from the first time we spoke to where you are now. Congratulations. It really is, Dean. And I, as always, I owe that so, so much of that to you uh, for helping me out, uh, you know, so many years ago. Now, I was in, I'm in a similar position as you were back then when we first spoke, because I have a senior in high school now looking at college to begin next year. That's kind of where you were the first time we spoke. Now your son uh, already through college. It's amazing how quick the time goes. It makes my head spin. It's crazy. But you know what? It's the best thing ever. It is the best thing ever. Watching him sort of adjust to real life. That's its own little trip. Because um, as much as you might think they're prepared, they're not prepared. They're just not prepared yet. I'm, I'm not prepared yet either for them to go through it. So I, I'm trying to still callous myself for it. But you, last time I spoke, this is the first time I'm talking to you. I guess are you in Nevada right now? Is this the station here? Is I, you, you were. I know you didn't want to leave California. You loved California. So how, how is it now? You've been embedded there in the, in Las Vegas for for a couple of months now. Uh, what was the move like for you and for your son? I mean, what, I mean, it sucks that you had to leave. But what's it been like for you? California is the most gorgeous state. The weather's perfect. Everything's wonderful. But the policies just are terrible. I used to use this as my example. <clears throat> Look at San Diego. Beautiful town, beautiful city. You go across the border to Tijuana, it's a whole different ball of wax. Why? Different government. Same resources, same everything, same natural resources. And it's government. So the government in California just got so crazy. The tax is so high. The regulations so ridiculous. And they were looking to pass new and more onerous regulations on everything from, you know, parents and parent parental rights, uh, you know, you know, losing custody of your kid. If you don't, you know, affirm their gender. My son wanted to be a bird. I wasn't going to affirm his birddom. I'm sorry. You know what I mean? It, it, things like that. We're just getting crazy. My parents, I bought them a place out here in, in, in Vegas about two years ago. They sort of did the reconnaissance for me and my son was all for it. Uh, it's an adjustment, of course, because I'm not in Malibu where I grew up my whole life, but I absolutely love it. All the traveling I've had to do, it's so much easier from Las Vegas. I got friends who come to town here and I see them 
I don't see anybody when I was in, if you didn't come to Malibu, I was not coming out to you in Hollywood or someplace because it takes two hours. So everything about this place has been fantastic. I mean, look, the weather gets hot in the summertime. Okay. But the rest of the time it's gorgeous. I'm and I'm happy. And the quality of life is so much better. The house that I'm in is 10 times nicer a house for, uh, for millions of dollars less. Let's just call it like it is. <laughs> and I'll, I'll tell you what, I hope you'll be in town when, when the Super Bowl week hits this year, because I'll be out there covering it for first class fatherhood. I got to run into you. You know, I'll be You're out there be for here. media week. You better come yeah, visit I, I got to do it. I know the last time they had it in L.A., we missed each other. I was out there for it. I, I didn't get to connect with you. Uh, but look, listen, obviously you left. Cal- You're not you're not alone in leaving California. There's been a mass exodus out of California. And I know Mark Wahlberg is another guy uh, that left. And, and one one great thing about him, one great thing about you is that you guys are not afraid to be bold with your faith. And that's something that I really wish more guys. I mean, I know you obviously know I want guys to promote fatherhood, but faith is another one of those things. And it's missing so much in our society right now. We're seeing the results of this. And, and obviously we're seeing what's happening in Israel right now. We'll get into that in a minute. But it's it's just having prominent Guys, be bold in their faith. I think is so important right now, especially to the youth in this country. I agree a thousand percent. And you know, I, as an athlete, you know, as a football player, you know, there's a lot of there are a lot of Christians and play football. Um, and the thing is, you know, you don't hear about that much. You hear about it sometimes. You see, Tuga Aloya has a has a news conference and thanks God. And you'll see the players do that a lot. I just went to the Buffalo Bills Cincinnati Bengals game two weeks ago. I was at the game. And I didn't see this because you never see this on camera is before the game started, a whole bunch of players from either team went to their respective end zones, took a knee and prayed. And I did this before every football game of my life. I didn't go to the end zone to take a knee to pray, but I went into the, into our chapel at Princeton. And I said the same prayer. Basically I asked God to allow everyone to play at the the top of their level of ability and that people, uh, nobody got seriously injured. That's all I asked for. I felt like that was fair, but I did. I made that prayer every single time. Um, and talking about your faith, I mean, you know, I'm not trying to put my faith on anybody else or anybody should do things, but I just, so much of our morality and our values are rooted in our faith. And I think it's important. And as I got older and raising a son, I thought it was very important to speak up. And so, so I, I have spoken up. I'm glad Mark Wahlberg and others, Chris Pratt, Denzel Washington, lots of folks will speak about their faith and um, you know, they don't have to proselytize to anybody, but that's people ask, you know, what, what drives you, what, what keeps you in this, on this, on this lane. And when, when it comes down to it, if it's faith, it's faith. And for me, that's a big part of it. Yeah. Well said. And to the point of the NFL, I, I, the only tweet I've ever had go viral happened last week when CJ Stroud made that statement about his faith afterwards on the same day where that Megan uh, Rapinoe talked about, there is no God. And and so we had those two things happened on the same day. And I put the tweet out about it. And it's, those are the guys too. Like you mentioned, two are there as well. Those guys, when they speak about their faith, boy, it has a big impact on the youth because they look up to these guys. We know we had the Tim Tebow. The only issue, we saw how the league kind of was against him doing what he was doing. Now you have these guys, not only are they they bold in their faith, but they're good. I mean, they're at the top of their level. So I think that's what we need to focus in on. I agree with that 100%. I love that someone like CJ Stroud would be out there and talking about his faith. Um, It is shocking when you see, you know, Megan Rapinoe. Maybe she was kidding. Maybe she wasn't. But I mean, like, you you know, you're talking about God and faith and, and, and just because you got injured that there is there is no that's proof right. there is no god I, I hope she was kidding i love the i love what cj has to say i love what all the other players say to uh, etc and i think it's wonderful and i support it but i i will tell people this go watch a football game live and watch how many of those players go take a knee 
uh, and say a prayer before the game because you're going to battle in there and you can end up like DeMar Hamlin and, 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 and need that, that help right away. Um, and we all know that as football players, that, that is right. It's one hit around the corner. So um, you, your faith gets tested at, at, at those times. And it's wonderful to see so many players. I think everybody should take a look at it. And notice how many players go down there, take a knee and pray. Yeah. And every time it gets highlighted, I love to see it. And another thing, you know, I wanted to say is, uh, I got kind of a taste, Dean, of this, uh, the blowback for for being out there about your views, especially as a conservative, because I'll be honest with you, I, I had a deal in the works with people out in Hollywood that was going to blow first class fatherhood out of the stratosphere for me. It was going to be it, we, the deal was signed, done long term, and it was going to be a game changer for my family. The only thing we were waiting for was the writer strike had had started and we had to wait for that to play out before we can go forward with it in the time that that happened. Uh, when Joe Biden made the statement, there is no such thing as somebody else's kids. These are all our kids, that type of Marxist rhetoric. I said, I can't do this. I, I launched the Alec Lay show and went all in on and I was blessed to get all these guests to join right away. And because of that, about two months into it, I get the call. They nuked my entire deal because now my political opinions were out there. So it cost me this big deal just for the fact that I had these opinions uh, that didn't align with theirs. And I know that's something that you have faced. What, what, what was the was what was the moment for you? Was there a certain time that you came out where all of a sudden it was like, oh, my God, Dean Kane is this uh, conservative guy. Was there a certain moment where that all changed for you? Uh, well, I knew who, who I was all the time and who I was the same guy I was in high school, same morals, same values, same beliefs. They've just grown stronger as I've gotten older. I have to, the funny thing about what you said is, did they actually tell you that that's why they nuked the deal or did they, yep. or, or did they sort of, sometimes they sort of dance around it. They um, tried starting to dance around it, but then they came right out and said, it's also too, for the last three months, I've been making regular appearances on Fox news as well because of the show. They've had me come on commenting on politics now instead sure. of just fatherhood issues. But they did tell me straight out that was the reason. Well, usually they don't have the cojones to do that. So at least they're at least they're upfront about it. A lot of those things have happened with me. I, do I care? I mean, sure, I'd love to have the deal. I'd love to get the the other projects out there, but at what cost? And and not, and not the cost of me shutting my mouth and and sort of towing the line. But for me to you know to my values and my beliefs and my things. It's it's just been who I, who I am, and I would always hear these conversations. Um, you know, it's funny when you become a when you're young and you become a a, a a television star or whatever it is. You know, you got publicity teams, people working with you, and they're like, I remember them saying, and I was 26 years old. Like, okay, what charity? You, you should pick one charity, support that charity. Going, what charity do you want? I'm like, I'm 26. I haven't even thought of a charity in my life. And you know, so they start to try to create this image for you and these things. And I used to work with publicists all the time and bless them. They were very nice people. And I saw how they were crafting, you know, uh, a message for this or for that. But after a while, I just got sick of it. I felt like a, I felt un, untrue. You know, I felt like I was, I was, uh, you know, a politician. <laughs> I couldn't resist <laughs> saying that. Um, but I felt like that wasn't really me. And so I, I wanted to just, you know, I ended up just getting rid of publicists setting up my own things. I started hosting on the Today Show, hosting stuff on Fox News, and, and just started talking more about stuff because those things would always come up. And it's the thing that I say is, you know, you may not be in it, you may not be interested in politics, but I promise you politics are interested in you and they're going to change how you bank. Um, you know, if you can bank, you know, global digital currency, why that's awful, why big government sucks, why smaller government is better, you know, all, all those things. And they really affect you all the time. In fact, it's, it's so affected us that we moved out of California. Uh, it's obviously anybody who can't afford to move out of California has. That's why they lost, you know, a, a congressional seat. That's why we went from, you know, a $65 billion surplus to a negative $50 billion 
you know, deficit in one year. Thanks, Gavin. Yeah, I, I guess it's uh, it's easier to say that uh, you didn't leave California. California left you in, in a sure. sense is That's what happened. Fun. And just keeping it there with Hollywood, Dean, one of the things that really and I can't figure this out. We just seen another Marvel movie. The Marvels totally tank at the box office. You're Superman. All these superhero movies now are going woke and they're going broke at the box office. But it's almost as if they know ahead of time that the movie is going to fail because they're putting this stuff in it. Yet they seem to be willing to throw all the profits out the window in order to push this message. And I can't figure out why would they sign up for that? I don't know. <clears throat> Sometimes companies get so big that, you know, it's like a big giant tanker and it loses its way. I guess. I don't know. I know Bob Iger personally. I like Bob. He used to be the head of uh, ABC. Just when I came in as Superman, I love the guy, great guy. Um, and he's always been wonderful to me. Uh, but that company, what they've done, you know, trying to turn everything woke. Well, so there's a buddy of mine. So I told you I had a graphic novel. I haven't mentioned it on the show, but I have a graphic novel coming out with a buddy of mine named Gail, Gabe El Taib. He's an artist used to work for DC Comics. Well, he quit and left because he, the go woke, go broke. He was sick of seeing them change all the characters. So we created Dean Kane, All-American Lawman. And it's a graphic novel. We're, uh, and it's coming out uh, at the end of the winter. It's awesome. Um, it's like old school 80s, you know, good versus evil. Here's what it is. You know, there's beautiful women. There's things, but it's not, it's a, it's, but it's for kids. It's for all ages. Uh, go to DC. What is it? What do we go to? bigmancomics.com slash DC and you'll get it. You can order it now and check it out. But that's, that's one way we're fighting back is like, I'm not going to just sit there and go to like, I have no desire to see the Marvels. Like, I don't, I don't want to see it. Like I just, I look at the thing and I'm like, this doesn't seem fun to me. Um, I do. I'm kind of getting interested in seeing what the new Superman is with James Gunn. Cause I love what he did with the first guardians of the galaxy, especially. I mean, wonderful. He's got a great sense of humor and Chris Pratt is hysterically good. And um, in that, I don't know what he's going to, if he's going to do anything in the Superman film, but if it's got that same tone, I'm happy about that, but it is, it's go woke, go broke. I don't know why they're doing those things. It does seem like it's on purpose, um, but people just aren't showing up for them. And we're like a year away from that snow woke and the seven non-binaries that's going to hit the theaters. And it's like, they already know that's going to tank. So it's like, that thing's dead on arrival, you know? So it just keeps getting worse and worse. Hollywood, man. It's like, and just like you said, you would love to see like the, the storylines again, uh, the, the working class father, he becomes the hero. He, he knocks out the bad guy, saves the woman and rides off into the sunset. Those are the movies we grew up on and love. It's like, yeah, that's it. That's I mean, it. That's what we want to see. Give us more of that. And it seems like they forget there's this whole fan base out there that's craving content like that it's true that's it's 100 true and i think you know a movie like um sound of freedom comes out and it's against child trafficking okay who can be for child trafficking somehow they wanted to make that a, a q anon thing they didn't like jim caviezel because he's you know played jesus and he's very outspoken about his beliefs i mean i don't like rob reiner's political beliefs but he makes good movies the princess right. bride is one of my favorite movies of all time you know and 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 so i i can look past one person's, you know, whatever their politics are, if they're telling a good story. But I do want those stories to to celebrate fatherhood, celebrate family, celebrate the things that we all have in common instead of doing the opposite, which is what they're doing. They're breaking up families and they're, you know, they're kind of showing the wrong messages. So I, I'm not a fan of that and I don't want to support those kind of projects. 
and, and I'm like you, Dean, too, in a sense, like, uh, you know, I don't like Robert De Niro's politics whatsoever, but the guy's a good actor, and I'm not going to not good. watch the Goodfellas ever again because of Robert De Niro, so I'm not in for all of that stuff, but it's like, well, I'm willing to debate the issues, but not to give up things that I like just because this guy has a different view. I think that's childish, in my opinion, but I, I do want to get into, into the Israel-Hamas real quick. I know yeah. you, retweeted, oh, yeah. you retweeted something yesterday that was really powerful, where the guy says, Israel is working to evacuate babies uh, Hamas, well, Israel is working to evacuate Palestinian babies while Hamas is holding Israeli babies hostage. And, and that really shows the light between these two things right there. A hundred percent. You know, I spent a lot of time in the Middle East, <clears throat> including Jordan and Israel and, and the surrounding areas. Uh, I haven't been to Gaza, um, but I'm aware as a history major of, of the situation. I've met with so many people in the area. Um, I have lots of Israeli friends I have lots of Muslim friends um, and we've all talked about it. And it, it, this, this whole thing comes down to good versus evil. And it's not that the Israelis are good and the Palestinians are evil. It's that, you know, the democracy and, and, and a fair representative government is good and Hamas is evil. I mean, the fact that these guys, these leaders are in Qatar and they're worth $5 billion each is, is that's not enough of a, I mean, it's so clearly obvious. They steal all the aid. Everything they do use, they use to make bombs and things to, to attack, you know, Israel. And that's it. Uh, and the poor kids are, are are being brainwashed at the UNRWA schools. The UN is a joke when it comes to to Israel. They've they probably, you know, had resolutions against Israel, you know, let's just say 900 times and zero against uh, Gaza, you know, Hamas, which is crazy. It's, it's crazy. So um, it, it is awful. The Israelis are doing all they can. Um, but listen, here's the deal. I'm a father. You take my son, I'm going scorched earth. It's just the way it's going to happen. So don't do it. And what they understand out in that region quite a bit, and really through the rest of the world, is strength. They understand strength. If you appease, it's weakness. So and it's not about appeasement. It's about strength. Project strength, show strength. That's all they'll respect. And 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 please, God, I hope they get uh, the 240 um, hostages who are who are there. I fear for them. Obviously, I met with um, <clears throat> I, I, my friend Moran. I met with him uh, right outside the UN um, when I was in New York a couple of weeks ago. Well, a, a month ago, um, what, just after this all long. kicked off. Yeah, it's it's shocking to me because uh, his his sister, her husband, and their three kids, all under the age of six, have been taken, and they're there. And I, honestly, I don't know how I don't put together a strike team to go in to try to get my son. I, I don't know how you don't do that. I, and, and there are incredible, incredibly brave people who are willing to do that. But it's good versus evil. That's just all there is to it. Um, and and anybody who's who's pulling down those posters uh, of kidnapped Israelis, I mean, they're sick in the head. I just find that to be disgusting. And I, I wanted to touch on it just because I know you're a Princeton alum. Uh, and it's like we're seeing this at Princeton. We're seeing it at Harvard. We're seeing all the anti-Semitism. It's all coming, a lot of it coming from these Ivy League schools. Well, I'm sure you've commented on it before, but I haven't heard if you did. Well, what, what does that mean to you to see that, especially at, at Princeton? I, I find it disgusting. You know, I find it absolutely disgusting. I have so many friends who are Jewish. And even when I was in college, if I'd have seen something like this, you know, people doing that Antifada revolution from the river to the sea. You're you're calling for the genocide of 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 the, the the nation of Israel and Jews. That's what you're calling for when you say from the river to the sea. And don't pretend you don't know that. And there, it's just a cool thing to do. It's what they've been taught. The educators have taught people this, and it's wrong. It's insane. And I think you know, I love to see when people stand up to it and say something. And for Princeton, Princeton, I, I, I'm ready to sign onto a petition. They better clean up their act. 
or else they're just not going to see any more alumni support. And I think that's the way you straighten those guys out. I love what the guy did at Harvard. Bill Ackerman, I think is his name. He's just like, look, this is not okay. This is not okay. And he's, and he's all for Palestinian causes. You know, it doesn't mean you don't care about Palestinian people. It's just Hamas is a problem. And Israel, like I said, you take, you come after my kid, you take my kid, you kidnap my kid, you shoot at my family. I'm bringing, I'm bringing scorched earth. hundred percent. Yeah. And, and you know, what's crazy, Dean, is that this, people were calling like you a Nazi, Trump supporters, Nazis for years. And yeah. now these people want to exterminate the Jews and, and no one's saying anything about it. And it's like, all of a sudden it's like, oh, that that's acceptable now. Yeah, like what happened here? You, you, that is Nazi. Like you are. The yeah, Jewish that is. Nazis. I mean, it's crazy. It's just so funny because they throw that word around so much and they yep. have in the past that it's become, it means nothing anymore. Uh, it means nothing. But then you see the anti-Semitism raising its head. I did a documentary called Hate Among Us back in 2017, yeah. I believe it was. And that we talked about the rise of anti-Semitism in Europe and here in the United States. And we warned against something like this happening. So for us, it's no surprise. I wish we had been wrong. But but we were we were right on the nose with that one. And it's, and it's disgusting. And it's, it's a scourge. History will look back at this time and it will ask the same question we asked in 1936. How could people have allowed this? And and some of us have spoken up, and and, and I will continue to speak up um, and, as, as loudly as I can. And I, I, and I'm glad that you do, and it's an honor to know you for doing it, Dean. And I know that you put yourself out there all the time to do it, and, and we definitely need the voices like yours out there. But in in our own country, right here, uh, I think our major problems, and you know the fatherless one I talk about, but I think it's fatherless, godless, and lawless, and those three things together are crippling our whole country here. And it's like it seems like almost seems like it's impossible to get these three things turned around. But unless we do, no matter what public policies change, you're never going to straighten this out. If you can't get dads in the home, God in society and law back on the street, we're lost. I agree with you a thousand percent, a thousand percent. Um, You know, I'm also a a deputy sheriff. I'm a sworn deputy sheriff in Virginia. So I'm all for, for law and order. I'm all, I don't like a police state. I know you went down to Mar-a-Lago and you got to go see police that police state i wanted to see that nick cersei is also a great buddy of mine and he's a good actor and i'm sure he was wonderful in that i almost made it to that i almost made it there i know i was hoping to see you there you can't you can't have a police state like that where you know your doj and your forces are are turned against civilians who are just you know they're practicing their first amendment right to to protest i mean the whole january 6th thing that's blowing up now that they're that now that speaker johnson released all the tapes which i wish i don't understand why 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 it wasn't done earlier, but I love that they're out there because now the citizens are going to look at it. And when the, when the light shines, the cockroaches run away. Um, so it's going to be really interesting to see what's uncovered in those 40,000 plus hours of tapes, but there's already been a, a, lots of revelations and you're seeing lots of things happen. And I think it's going to, it makes that January 6th joke of a committee uh, look even worse. And I think I can't wait to expose them and see that exposed. And so we can start having some, some real law and order, from the top that makes sense i certainly don't like seeing you know a politicized justice department at all that's terrible and just before you jumped on here i had marjorie taylor green the congresswoman from georgia was just on the show here talking she's all so about shy that. she's so shy she never wants to <laughs> yeah her she's opinion. not very opinionative yeah <laughs> but she she said to there she wants a, a you know a new january 6th committee uh but i asked her the same thing so the guys could flip back and see her response to why mccarthy didn't get these things out there but one of the things too over the weekend she posted a picture of her son 
with a deer that he hunted. And she's like, hey, proud of my son. He got this deer. And the, the responses were unbelievably. These people were unhinged in the responses because their son shot and killed the deer. Meanwhile, over the weekend, 24 people were shot in Chicago and nobody cares about that. They care about her son shooting a deer, which is perfectly which is what they always say with the AR-15 supposed to be for. It's a hunting rifle. Hunt. The kid did what it's supposed to be for. Everyone's giving her health for it. It's so crazy to see it. That is nutty. I mean, you, first of all, you got to get a you got to get a tag in order to get that done to be able to go get the deer and do all those things. Right. You can't have them running. You can't have a huge number. There's a reason they give the tags out to cull the numbers to keep it. And, ch- and you're going to eat that venison forever. I mean, that, my family is a bunch of hunters. I don't. I haven't hunted, but my my cousin just sent me. He got a big old buck. And I'll be eating venison when I go visit him in Colorado um, for a long time because that's going to feed the extended family for, you know, a better part of a year that, that we're going to have that venison meat. It's amazing. So that's crazy that people do it. And, 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 you know, whenever you hear Biden talk about gun control, it's always ridiculous. He always says something stupid, whether he tells his wife, Jill, to go out in the back with a double barreled shotgun, something back there, fire off a couple rounds. And then uh, that a, that's illegal. B now you're, now you're, out of ammo, uh, you, don't, you don't know what you're shooting at. I mean, it was like the dumbest stuff. Just like he says when police officers, you know, should shoot somebody in the leg. I shoot you in the leg and I hit your artery. You're di- you're dead anyway. If I, you know, I mean, it's like, and you also, have you ever tried, you can't just shoot somebody in the leg. You know, the stuff he says is just, it's madness. You know, uh, you can't eat the deer. Someone, Joy Behar said that or something. You know, oh, that was, yeah, I heard that. Because, yeah. You can't eat the meat afterward. Like, what? It's not a bazooka, Joy. It's a little five, five, six. It's not going <laughs> to. I mean, like, what? what <laughs> it's just madness when you hear that stuff. It's it's crazy. So uh, I'm glad Marjorie Taylor Greene said that. I'm glad that her son got her got himself a deer, a buck, whatever he got. Um, they'll be eating some venison for a while. That's wonderful. Ninety nine percent of that meat is used or donated to feed people. I mean, it's it, that's. That's what it is. You see those deer get hit on the highway and you feel awful. I wish that stuff was scooped up and they were able to use that meat as well to help people. Um, but that's that's what government should be doing instead of instead of what it is doing going after January 6th protesters. I, I told her we need to, I'm over here in the communist state of Jersey. We got deer everywhere over here. I'm like, man, we could use <laughs> send them over here to fire a few of these guys around, you know, so they're, they're a hazard over here on the highways, especially. But uh, right are. now it's like their mating season or whatever. So they're all over the place. Let me let me get your take here, Dean, on the on the GOP race. Obviously, uh, we're coming down to the stretch, two months away from the first primary. What's your? Uh, I, me personally, I had Governor Ron DeSantis on First Class Fatherhood last year when he did the Fatherhood Initiative Bill. Big big fan of what he did there to help father or help kids without fathers. So I I, I like Ron DeSantis. I think he's a great governor down in Florida. I'm disappointed to see that he's challenging Trump here in the GOP race. Uh, what's your take uh, on Ron DeSantis? I think I'm sort of the same uh, boat you're in. I think he's been a phenomenal government governor in Florida. I love the things he's done. In fact, I even said if I were to be governor of California, the first guy I'd want to sit down with is Governor Ron DeSantis and find out what he was able to do and how he was able to make it happen in Florida. Um, I know it'd be almost impossible in California with a super super majority of Democrats, but I'd fight the fight if I were there. Um, but I, I, that's, that's, I think he's done a great job with Florida. Um, you know, you look at the polls. I, first, I, I'm with you. I also wish he wasn't attacking President Trump. Um, I would love to see more synergy. I get, I get what it is. Um, but the three, there's only three people that I've ever thought were, were, had a possibility of getting that uh, GOP nomination, and it was obviously Donald Trump um, and and Ron DeSantis, and I think Vivek Ramaswamy. Um, he is a super smart guy and says really smart stuff. Um, 
And those are the three people that I've always thought it's going to be one of the three. And clearly, President Trump is so far out there. I mean, the more they indict him, the more they make a hero of him uh, because they're weaponizing a justice system against him. It's embarrassing what Letitia James has done in New York. She tried to, you know, I'm on the board of directors for the NRA. She tried to shut us down as well and, and lost. Um, but it's, she's, it's, she's political persecution. She's not going for people who are breaking the law. She's trying to, you know, prosecute people, uh, for their politics. And that's disgusting. That's un-American. Uh, and I want to see that stuff cleaned up, but I think the GOP is going to end up being uh, president Trump. Yeah, I agree, too. And, and Vivek Ramaswamy, very little. I didn't really know much about him at all. I interviewed him on First Class Fatherhood at the beginning of the year when he first launched his campaign. He flew me out to his campaign headquarters and interviewed me for his show. And I was kind of like, wow, this I know, like this guy's pretty good. Like people are like, and he, at the time he went to the first CPAC. Not one person voted for him in the straw poll. He didn't get one percent. Wow. Now, all of a sudden, look at how far he has come. He's put on a tremendous campaign and he's really improved his political stock. And I think we're definitely going to see him again in the future. He'll probably get a cabinet position and no doubt if Trump wins oh, it. I would think for sure. I, I mean, if, if I ran uh, and, and I was elected president, I'd be calling Vivek up as well and going, hey, your ideas are so solid. Let's get rid of the Department of Education. Some of these other big, like the guy who just won down in Argentina. Did you see a? Unbelievable. Yeah, Javier Mille. Mille's out there going like, the Department of Education. Fuera. Just out, out, out. I love that clip. Yeah. It's amazing. But let's see what happens there. I hope that works out because I'm a big fan of smaller government. And, I, you know, we here in the United States of America have got to clear out our swamp. I know it sounds cliche to say clean out the swamp and clear it out. But we've got so many people. Listen, term limits for me are, I think, two terms as a senator, four terms in the in the House. That's, what, 22, 24 years? You've done enough. You've served enough. Get out. You know what I mean? Like, don't don't die in office like Dianne Feinstein did. I mean, right. like, that's crazy. You're not serving America. And I, and I know we have, you know, we can we could vote them out, but it's, people just get so entrenched. And then you got the media working with hand in hand, and that's just that vicious circle. So it takes people like you who are thinking outside the box, shows like yours, where people can go, hey, wait a minute, that doesn't make sense. This does make sense. This show makes sense. What these guys are saying makes sense. And hopefully they'll vote that way. And hopefully the voting will be on ballots on voting day and no more mail-in, none of that crud, um, because that stuff just gets really, really fishy. Yeah. All of it is very, and they don't want paper ballots. They don't want voter ID. And the only reason you would want that is so you could cheat. There is no other reason why you would want that. And I, I'll tell you what, I'm blessed that I have a chance. I just had Marjorie on. I had two congressmen last week. And I, and I, I tell them like it is, like we're tired of, oh, we have to give a little bit here. We have to give a little bit there. We're done with that. The Democrats don't do that. These people hate you. They hate us. They're not willing to budge whatsoever. So it's time to stop playing a little bit. We got to start moving the ball forward in our direction. We're tired of it, man, because it's always us giving in a little bit. And then we're all always divided amongst us they're always strong and they're always moving forward we're always on defense that's got to change if we want any change whatsoever here i agree with you 100 percent. but you know the, the the democrats have their own version of that too which is that squad that's that squad just take things too far and uh, and i hope people will start to see like when you can't condemn you know babies being burnt in ovens and you know women raped citizens you know you, you can't condemn that you're going to create a fracture in the in the party because people see it as humanity versus evil, and that's what it is. And if they're going to support evil, I'm sorry, you can't. You, you're not going to get reelected to Congress. Get out. Even when you have like that girl Ian Omar that said, "Oh, some uh, 9/11, some people, some did, people did something." You're you're out. Like the fuerta out. Gone. You're gone. Fuera. You know, Fuera. Whatever Fuera. it is, yeah, get around. That's it. You Afuera. can't get away with that.
<laughs> All right, well, Dean, I, I know, listen, th- there's very few people that I see on social media anywhere that are busier than you. You're constantly all over the place. Uh, I know you got the the Ripley, the Believe It or Not going on. Uh, well, t- talk to me about the project. You know, you just had Condition of Return last month that started streaming everywhere. Talk to me about the projects you have that came out and what's coming up in the pipeline here for you. All right. I got 25 minutes to tell you all these <laughs> things because there's a lot going on. Uh, but yeah, Condition of Return is a film. It's out in uh, all the streamers, any place you want to check it out. Anne Lynn McCord is awesome in that. Um, she's wonderful and lovely, but she plays a psychotic lady. Um, it's like if you made a deal with the devil, how do you get out of it? That's what the. That's really what it's about. Um, I've got bringing back. Bringing back Christmas is coming out very soon. It's going to be on streamers everywhere. It's a fun little Christmas comedy. It's funny. I'm not in much of it, but I'm at the beginning, and it's 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 a fun one. Um, Dean Kane, All American Lawman graphic novel go to bigmancomics.com order it check it out it's gonna be like 100 pages 120 pages it's beautiful and it's good old-fashioned storytelling that would come and you know he's got he's a he's dad he he's got the strong values it's right versus wrong um i've got uh, i'm also working with a, this is a good one here uh, a lot of your listeners would probably like is i work with uh, true play games t-r-u-p-l-a-y um and it's a christian-based video game service where if your kids are watching it they, they can play games they can watch movies and things like that but it, it, there's no outside people there are no predators that could contact your kid if your kid is on trueplay.com there's no that you're getting you're getting you know biblical messages and things like that and you're getting no predators as a police officer one of the things i work with is the is the crimes against children um you know all that sort of stuff so we we see all the predators we'll create a an online persona and in 20 minutes we'll have 30 people trying to hit on this 13 year old boy or girl or whatever it's just it's just so dangerous for parents out there. So keep keep an eye on your kids and what they're looking at and check out trueplaygames.com. And Genesis Gold Group, I work with them all the time and they've been a wonderful, that's the whole thing about the money. You know, I had to get out of California. I saved millions of dollars, bought a house um, for, like I said, millions less, but it's 10 times the house. It's great. You know, my sister's got an IRA. I made it for her way back in the day. She's like, it's not, I'm losing money in my IRA. How's that possible? I go, yeah, well, because- you're not the one investing. So go switch it over to gold. She's like, how do I do that? I said, call my guys. Here's what it is. But that's, that's in real life what we do. Um, and it's a great way to hedge against this government printing more and more and more money because people don't understand that when you, the reason that's inflation. And the reason for inflation is because, you know, it, it, it's a tax on everyone. When, when they say it's, you're not, Joe Biden says, we're not going to tax anybody making over 400,000 or under $400,000. When you have inflation, you're taxing everybody every day for everything they do. And you're just printing more money. It means your dollar is worth, worth less, worth less, worth less, worth almost worthless at this point in time. So go to genesisgoldgroup.com, buy some precious metals, hedge yourself. Um, and that's it. I won't talk about any more stuff, even though you could also watch uh, Masters of Illusion. It's season 10 on the CW. And I'm going to go host the Hollywood Christmas parade next week. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, that, that, that's what I meant there. Masters of illusion. I called it Ripley's believe it or not. Uh, and I got that Illu- too, but I still have Ripley's believe it or not. So that's perfect. <laughs> perfect. Yeah. You're not stopping. I do see you on Twitter or X all the time too. When you, when you see some of these stories, like that's why I invest in gold, you know, like you constantly remind people, this I is why I'm doing tell, this. I try to tell people, it's like, they're like, how did you, you know, how, how have you done so well financially? I'm like, very smart with my real estate investments and smart and, and, and smart with my retirement accounts and things of that nature. I'm not going to be an idiot. I don't want to, I'm not paying all my, my money to the government for no reason, especially when you spend some time around government folks and you realize how much fraud and abuse and waste there is. It's unimaginable. 
So it just, it just, it's, it's awful. That's why I think we should be downsizing our government too. Fuera, Department of Education. Fuera. You know, it's just so <laughs> Throw them all out. Just, just chuck them out. We don't need that much. It's truth, brother. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. Dean, I could talk to you all day about all this stuff. I'm always honored to get a chance to speak to you. All the links that you mentioned there, they're down there in the description below. Everyone can get down there, check them out, find out more about it and what you're doing and what you're up to. Obviously, I'll put your uh, social media tags down there as well. Uh, Dean Kane, it's an honor. Thank you for giving me a few minutes of your time here. And I got to catch up with you in Vegas there, Super Bowl week. It's happening. I'm going to be here. Let's do it. All right. Thank you for giving me your time today. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving to you and the family. Appreciate it. God bless, man. Have a great one. Superman, Dean Kane, Superman, Super Dad, the whole bit. I, I, I look forward to getting a chance to linking up with him out in Las Vegas as I go out there to cover the Super Bowl media day for First Class Fatherhood in February, whenever the Super Bowl is this year, depending on uh, when they run it. Uh, but there he is, Dean Kane. I, I love everything that he stands for. We, we certainly need more men in this country like him that are not afraid. Uh, you know, it, Dean Cain, this guy could very easily be one of the top actors in all the top movies in Hollywood right now, but was never willing to sacrifice his morals and his values to get it. He was never willing to sell himself out for it, and you got to respect him for it. And again, like I said, the guy is one of the busiest men that I know. He's constantly getting projects, constantly working, hosting things. Uh, so I, I always wish the best for Dean and I, I'm very blessed to know him. Uh, he, he's been a monumental part of my life. So Dean Kane, gracious for your support and for coming on to the podcast today. Let me know what you thought about the interview down there in the chat. And I just wanted to update this, uh, cause I forgot to mention this at the top of the podcast when I was talking about rumble, uh, going down and the servers going down and media matters and the whole bit, the attorney general in Texas, Ken Paxson is now opening an investigation into Media Matters. I'll put it up on the board here. Opening an investigation into Media Matters for potential fraudulent activity. The Office of the Attorney General is opening an investigation um, under the Texas Business Operations Code. So here it is. The Attorney General is on it. We're going to see results from this, and it's going to be big time. This is a major war that's going on right now for information. Alex Jones called it many years ago. There's an information war, and it couldn't be more true than it is in the present moment that we're living in right now, where people are getting their information from, who's controlling the flow of information. All of that stuff matters, and it's going to matter a lot leading into the 24 uh, election. So... We got to keep an eye on that. But as for right now, for me and for this show, uh, I will not be back until a week from today. So I hope all of you guys out there have a blessed and happy Thanksgiving. Get an opportunity to spend some time with your family. And just like I said to Marjorie Taylor Greene, you know, so many of us, you know, so many people out there that were unvaccinated had to go through these Thanksgivings where you were persecuted, where your own family ostracized you, where they told you you were going to kill your grandmother. You were such a terrible, horrible, vile person for not getting vaccinated. You were selfish. Uh, you were wrong. And now all those people walk around as if they're in a delusion, as if they were just blacked out on alcohol and completely forgot the entire night that happened the night before. But this happened for years, this was going on, where people persecuted us. And I say us because I was unvaccinated as well. And now all of a sudden there's no apology. There's no nothing. Even the military now is asking all these people, oh, you could come back now. The ones that we let go because you wouldn't get our vaccine, we'll bring you back now. The military sent out a letter to all the army, sent out a letter to all these people. You can come back now. The, the letter should have started out, uh, we, we were 100 percent wrong about the COVID vaccine being safe and effective. We apologize sincerely Please come back and we're going to raise your pay. That's the only way that letter should begin. And that's kind of how members of your family should be as well. When you come over for Thanksgiving on Thursday, you say, hey, you know what, Bob? Uh, we were wrong 
uh, during the COVID. Uh, we kind of lost our heads a little bit. Uh, we didn't really know what we were talking about. Uh, you were right. Uh, the vaccine didn't work. It wasn't safe. It wasn't effective. And so we're sorry about that. That's what should happen at the Thanksgiving table this Thanksgiving. But I don't think you'll hear it from too many people uh, that'll just pretend like they never lost their mind. So if you can get by that, I hope you have a great and happy and healthy Thanksgiving. I'm going to be back here on Tuesday, and I will be working hard to get uh, as many great guests as I can moving forward. Again, if you enjoyed the broadcast, hit me with a share down there. Please follow the channel here on Rumble. Uh, The best is yet to come for me on this show, and I'm going to ride with Rumble all the way. I love the platform. I'm grateful to be on here, grateful to have you with me. And please follow the channel and share it with as many people as you can. And I'll be back here next week, Tuesday. So God bless you and your family, and God bless America. God bless our first responders and our military veterans. And um, I will catch you guys next week. Happy Thanksgiving. You're listening to The Alec Lee Show. Alec Lace has interviewed more than 700 dads on his award-winning podcast, First Class Fatherhood. Dads from all walks of life, including Tom Brady, Deion Sanders, Matthew McConaughey, Steve Harvey, Tony Hawk, Eric Trump, and so many more. Find out why First Class Fatherhood has been number one on the iTunes charts. Who these men are as fathers and how they raise their children is far more important than anything they accomplish in their careers. Alec Lace encourages his high-profile guests to share their fatherhood journeys and offer advice to new and soon-to-be dads. Let every father in your contact list know about First Class Fatherhood. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Every day is Father's Day on First Class Fatherhood. You're listening to The Alec Lace Show. The future is family.